Hello, everyone, and welcome to the June and Joe Show, episode 20. Wow. <laughs> Two zero. That's a big one and a huge milestone, and we appreciate everyone who is still tuning in. We're not teenagers anymore. Oh, we're all grown up. That's right. That's so right. Let's start off by talking about um, the surge in violent crime here in the city of San Diego. And I think there was a recent UT article. Did you see that, Joe? I did. Yeah. And we're recording on July 1st. And so yesterday, our police chief, San Diego uh, Police Department chief, came out and asked for the public's help, you know, had a whole press conference and talked about the significant increase in mostly violent crimes, uh, but crime across the board in the city. And uh, the UT article pointed out this morning that uh, we're not alone. Actually, we are still probably the safest large city in the country, uh, but across the country, large cities are seeing a, a real material spike in, in crime and violence. So I don't know, what do you think about it, June? I think us as San Diegans always treasure the fact that we live in the safest city or safest large city in America. And one of our greatest fears as residents of San Diego is that our city is going to turn like the others, right? And it's unfortunate that we're seeing the surge in violent crimes. Um, I think the police chief said something about how things are escalating more quickly. And I think that just is kind of a sign of the times. It seems like everything is escalating more quickly, whether it's because of the polarization in our society or the pandemic and the lockdowns and people's personalities just kind of um, becoming more amplified because of everything that's gone on in the last 15 months. But it does seem like it's a zero to 60 um, kind of situation. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um you know, and by the way, I remember hearing a speech from our most recent uh, United States Attorney Bob Brewer about how violent Tijuana is, and pointing out just how close physically in proximity we are to Tijuana. And so here we are, you know, one of the if not the safest large city in the United States here in San Diego, and fifteen miles away. If I mean. If, truly just over the border, depending on where you are in the city of San Diego, but, you know, 15 to 25 miles from where you are right now in San Diego, watching us or listening to us is one of the most violent cities in the world. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that I mean, there's a lot of factors for that. Uh, there's a lot of factors to that dichotomy. Uh, obviously our law enforcement are critically important. Um, and, you know, it's part of why I've been such a strong vocal supporter of our law enforcement, especially in the last year and a half while they're really under attack, um, because ultimately they are putting their lives on the line every single day. Uh, I mean, they're they're putting their target every single day in their job. You know, I'm sitting here in my office where I work. I'm not a target. I go to, you know, go to work every day and I'm not putting my life on the line or expect uh, hostility towards me just because I'm sitting here in my office, but they, every single time they go to work, know that they are, um, going to be the subject of someone's animosity and, and potentially worse. And so, uh, you know, we, we need to support the good cops. We need to make sure we're taking care of the bad cops and getting them out of the, out of the law enforcement profession. Um, but, uh, but that's a big part of it. And I think, uh, you know, you, you certainly see in some cities where there's been a lack of support from elected leaders of their police departments. 
I, I'd say you see an even higher increase in, um, in, in violence. And you are definitely seeing an increase in retirements and, and people leaving the police force in those cities. Fortunately here, even though our, our elected officials are skewed pretty far to the left, um, there is still a lot of support from our elected leaders for our police. I think that's one of the reasons you're right on point. Our support for law enforcement in San Diego is what is what has kept us the safest city in America. And um, for as long as I've lived here, which is the last 13 years, it seems like that sentiment hasn't really changed as much as it's changed in other large cities. But I think this is a great segue into talking about leadership in big cities and major suburban areas and the recent New York Times article um, where they discussed a lot about our former mayor, Jerry Sanders. Any initial thoughts on that? Oh, gosh, I don't know if I have just initial thoughts or a whole lot of thoughts. Um, yeah, you know, for those that didn't see, first of all, if you follow kind of political blogs or anything else. If you're uh, listening to us, you clearly follow political That's blogs. true. That's true. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it made big news. Uh, you know, Jerry Sanders, who I like and respect, uh, who's the head of the chamber, uh, the, the downtown chamber here, he um, did an interview in New York Times and said that he renounced his Republican Party registration on January 7th the day after uh, we saw uh, what happened at the Capitol. And, um, but it was more of a conversation with him where he had more comments about the party in general. It wasn't about really what happened on January 6th. And, um, and then talked to others as well. Uh, some that are still Republicans and, and who identify concerns they have with the Republican party and its relevance in, in suburban areas and, and urban areas. And I share a lot of that. I think this is a great follow-on to what we were just talking about, an increase in crime. Um, you know, I think it's important for our party to focus on issues that people care about, not only in rural areas, but in urban areas. And it is things like public safety. And I think when you focus on things like public safety and education and effective, efficient government, uh, those are winning issues. But if we focus on... Um, number of other issues that that people aren't as united behind, or if we focus on people uh, that don't necessarily have personalities that, that others want to follow, we're not going to be winning voters. We're going to be losing voters. Right. I mean, when I was running for office, I always talked about the issues that unite us, not the politics that divide us. And I think those are key issues that regardless of your party preference for the most part, by and large, the 60% of Americans that kind of fall in that middle area would agree that these are important issues, keeping our community safe, making sure our children have an education that sets them up for success, and a government that is fulfilling its purpose rather than playing whichever game you think they're playing that day. <laughs> and it varies. And it's been quite um, an interesting year or two in that regard. So I agree that there are definite ways that the Republican Party can make gains in urban and major suburban areas. But the way we address voters um, and communities in those areas is has to be different than the more rural parts of the country. Absolutely. And, and by the way, if you didn't read the article, it's not an article just about Trump. I mean, I'm so tired of those articles. Um, but there, there was some discussion of President Trump and what role he's going to play and 
and the role that he did play in turning off a number of Republican voters. Uh, I think that's undeniable. He, he certainly um, appealed to a lot of new voters uh, or new Republicans, uh, you know, had people register as Republican or just vote for him, even if they weren't Republicans. But there's no question he turned off a lot of Republicans and he certainly turned off uh, a lot of independents and, and Democrats as well. Um, and, and in the article, one of the elected Democrats has a sort of, sort of a funny line. Um, he said that Democrats had borrowed a lot of Republicans during the Trump <laughs> Um, and he said, you know, an older version of the Republican Party rooted in principles of limited government and support for environmentalism could still have appeal in that uh, Democrats district. Uh, I mean, it's worth noting that, you know, people are leaving both parties. It's just that in the urban and suburban areas, they're leaving the Republican Party much faster than they're leaving the Democratic Party. And uh, people are tired of both sides in a lot of ways. So it's to me, it's it's a reason to be optimistic. I mean, there's there's absolutely room to bring people back to our side, whether they register as Republican or not, bring people back to our side. Cause I think the Democrats are so overreaching with their policies, um, their messaging, but we need to, we need to be better. We need to be focusing on the policies that are going to win elections, not changing our principles. Uh, I've made that very clear. We shouldn't change our principles, but focus on the policies that are consistent with our principles that appeal to more people. I think that is right on point. And looking at California, everyone thinks we're such a liberal state. We're governed by Democrats. There's a super mega majority in our state legislature. Our governor is doing crazy things, you know, until we recall him later this year. And um, even the city of San Diego, by and large, we're governed by Democrats. And so everyone thinks of California as this bright blue state which it is. And we really are a laboratory of a lot of liberal policies. But I think just looking at the propositions that were on the ballot this past election cycle and where Californians fell um, on how they voted for or against those propositions, it shows that Californians, the voters themselves, are not as left-leaning as you might think as an outsider. Right. And, and actually, you know, one of the things that was interesting about this article is it pointed out, uh, again, it's not just a California issue. It pointed out how in New York city they're they're they just voted on their, on their new mayor, which has been a debacle if you've been following that, but they, they were just voting on their new mayor and there wasn't a, uh, realistic Republican candidate, uh, who had a shot in that race. And yet, you know, for so many years, so many terms, you had Rudy Giuliani and you had Michael Bloomberg who ultimately switched parties, but Republicans won. The, the mayor's race in New York City, which is obviously a huge uh, urban city with a major Democrat advantage in terms of registration. They mentioned L.A. And I thought, L.A., when did L.A. have a Republican mayor? I forgot. Richard Reardon had been uh, mayor of L.A., who was a Republican. Um, of course, San Diego, we have a long history, 30 plus years of mostly Republican mayors. We didn't even have one on the general election ballot this cycle. So we're not looking good when you look at it nationally in, in urban and suburban areas. But I, I do think that if we, um, you know, not, not just local issues, I mean, local issues matter for sure, but we have to have, we have to be focusing on issues that we can focus on consistently across the country in these urban areas that are, like I said, consistent with our principles. 
Right. I was actually just at lunch and talking to um, one of my conservative friends and talking about the problems we have within our party, which I think the Democrat Party suffers from their own set of problems, too. But at the end of the day, Republicans are generally more resistant to coming under a big tent. And we have to really focus on those issues that are winners, that will bring people to out to vote Republican, that can actually make an election in a major urban or suburban area winnable by a Republican candidate. And instead of criticizing whether somebody's the right kind of Republican or are they Republican enough and whether they vote exactly the way that I do as a Republican. Well, a 60% Republican that you agree with is much better than somebody who's pushing a leftist progressive policy. And I think that's kind of where we need to start focusing on as a Republican party from area to area, region to region, what is going to reach the people there and what message is going to work while still keeping in line with our core principles and ideals of a free market economy and limited government. I agree. I mean, you know, I'd rather have someone in that position who's a Republican who, like you said, maybe I, I'll say it the negative way. Maybe I disagree with 40% of what they believe. <laughs> I agree with 60% of what they believe. And when they vote some, some way I don't like, I can have that conversation with them or a bunch of us can have a conversation and say why we don't like that vote as opposed to the Democrat who doesn't care what we think. I think the ultimate question we have to ask ourselves as Republicans is, do we want to be a political party anymore or do we want to be a social club? And if we want to have any relevance where we're a political party and we get people elected in urban and suburban areas, we've got to figure out how to win in those areas. Otherwise, you know, we can, we can stick to our representation in rural areas, uh, which puts us in the minority in a lot of states. Uh, and we can focus on the electoral college for the presidency, which is obviously critically important, but we're going to have to give up the suburban and the urban areas and, that's where I live. So I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> well, if we're all going to hell in a handbasket, I'm going down fighting is what I've been saying this past couple of months. But, you know, I think it's winnable. We just all have to get on board. Not every Democrat was all that jazzed about voting for Biden, but they all got in and voted for the guy who could win it. And right. we really need to understand that it's a political party. It's politics. It's not a contest about who's more right or who's more moral. Exactly. Well, we're running out of time. And uh, I know, June, you joined me in wishing everybody a very, very happy 4th of July Independence Day, one of my absolute favorite holidays of the year. Yes. God bless America. And thanks for tuning in. Take care, everyone.